glad you suggest this was andrew's idea talking about chochabai this morning yeah, glad you i think pe- people are hungry for chochabai uh, yeah as as you know i've been in love with chochabai forever but um you probably uh well, well i don't know when when did you first uh uh encounter chochabai was it in the study group or was it before that it was it was in the study group yeah i, I got a white oh. chochabai um and oh you uh, still have this we, tree. we were yeah this yeah one. this is the one that yeah, yeah. I, I brought it to you in june and you butchered it uh and it was like this big, oh no <laughs> beautiful this big beautiful spreading plant it was like three oh, no. feet tall and uh you it was the middle of june it was like the heat of summer it was like 100 degrees in this this greenhouse at cast bonsai Oh, no. and you uh, uh cut it back uh, it was like three feet tall and you cut it back to like to the first inch or two everywhere and then you repotted it bare rooted it just like, in the middle of june everything i i knew about bonsai was just like exploding <laughs> and uh the tree right. looks better than it's better oh, dear. ever has oh so, dear okay listeners my didn't first... hear any of that <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my first encounter with chochabai wow well we will get to how what a strange plant they are and the things you can do kind of out of season eventually i learned some very strange things uh moving along but so yeah. you still have that tree I, I i remember this tree you've shown some photos of it recently it's it's a uh, clump style right it's developed yep, some a clump style white yeah. chochabai kind of chuhin size um, yeah yeah I've, I've had it it's one of my mm. oldest trees so it's it's been with me for over huh. 10 or 11 years now yeah so. yeah well, don't let me around it. I'll chop it. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 um, <laughs> I'll hide it next time you come over. <laughs> and the whites are are not, we don't see them that often. Um, here we in don't. Europe, yeah. you, you might see them in Japan. They're they're pretty rare. There might be, you know, 3% of what you might see. For the most part, it's it's the uh, the red flowered chochabai mm-hmm. uh, gets all the all the attention. Um, they're a little bit different. The the white is uh, reverts to kind of a seed type plant so if you were to plant we actually did this when 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 uh when bobby was around we did some crossing we were curious whether we could get the i think it was the the white flower with the the barkiness of of the red because it's one of the things mm. the red is really known for is this really craggy bark um yeah. and uh <laughs> so um that was fun but the interesting thing is is that when is that when you grow a ch- uh, chochubai from seed it it reverts to white characteristics so the leaf is bigger the inner node is longer and it doesn't really seem to have the barkiness at least that's what we found of course we didn't get too far into it but it was fun we should probably define this first um for those of you who don't know what chochabai is yeah chochabai is a dwarf yeah, japanese yeah. flowering quince it's it's not your typical right. garden quince that you see in the garden center it has a, a leaf the size of your fingernail something right. like that yeah. Um, yeah, it's a dwarf. In fact, uh, Chochibai is a nickname, actually. Um, and the real name in Japanese is uh, Chochume, which literally means um, longevity plum tree. Um, so totally weird name. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's a weird plant for a weird name. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> and and the origin of Chochibai is kind of <laughs> mysterious, right? There's, it, it there's several different sources that say it, different it things. Is. Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's a lovely, um, uh, yeah, it totally invented. Um, <laughs> they think it's from Japan, from some, you know, mountainous region or something like this, but it was, uh, uh, it's a little, little funny. I mean, if you, uh, it doesn't revert, so it's not a witch's broom. It, you know, there's something else going on there. 
Um, and as we said, there's several, several different types. There's white, there's red, but within the red, there's a whole bunch of different strains. So this is really curious to me. I don't really understand what's going on there. We're, I mean, it doesn't seem, given how the plant responds when you grow it from seed, it doesn't seem like you'd get all these variants. It seems like, it, it almost seems like branches are, are, are maybe mutating in a, in, in a way that a, a uh, um, and giving different characteristics such as smaller leaves or thicker leaves. Um, people talk about substance, you know, with, um, of, of the leaf with, uh, with orchids. Uh, there's that kind of a thing with chochabai too. Some chochabai have a thick leaf and others have this really thin kind of leaf. Uh, some of them bark up more. Some of the flower characteristics seems different, all within the, the red chochabai group. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of variability, a lot of strains. Um, yeah, and, uh, I, and I've yeah. heard people say that we have one strain, you know, that they, on the East Coast, they call it the Hegedorn strain that we work with. And that's not true. We have five or six or seven. Oh, gosh, you're kidding. Different strains. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard I've heard people say they have the Hegedorn chochabai genetic. And I'm like, which one? Because we no. have seven or eight. <laughs> you know, well, which... funny. Actually, we do. Yeah, we have them all listed uh, where where we got them. Uh, who knows where they were. <laughs> sure. Uh, several. Um, yeah, with some very d distinct, uh, uh, different uh, characteristics. Um, some of the, um, well, that's a long wormhole to get into um, yeah. if we're just sort of talking abstractly. But in any event, uh, there are different strains. Um, and uh, it's a fun plant to grow, but it's a funny plant. There, there, it's a little bit of a wonky, wonky plant. There's some sort of subtropical characteristics to it and the way that it responds to environment, which has been very curious for me to discover. Uh, when I, f I don't know, this was over 10 years ago, I think I, um, of course I, I, I played with them in Japan, uh, Suzuki, which so is Shinji Suzuki, my, my teacher really loved Chochibai. And so we had lots of them. So I knew how to maintain them, but uh, we didn't do much regarding young plants. I didn't, know uh, how strange they were until I started about 10 years ago, I translated a whole bunch of articles that I was finding in magazines, um, had them translated, I should say, and uh, learned some funny things. Um, one yeah, of the most you, you interesting, <laughs> one of the most interesting was one professional preferred to repot them in the summer, uh, early summer. So after the, uh, the, the growth has hardened off and he would defoliate the plant uh, do a normal repotting. And this sounded crazy to me. <laughs> of course, uh, you know, professionals have greenhouses and, you know, they have a lot of things, you know, sure. Don't do this at home, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I did because I did have a greenhouse and, you know, anyway, um, and I, I was surprised at what I found. It was, it was a normal repotting, you know, I left a, a core, you know, root soil, uh, and, and put it back in the pot in five days, the thing was rebutting. It was unbelievable. Um, I don't see that kind of response at other times of the year. Um, uh, you don't see it with like a maple or... Well, you know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, um, uh, they respond a little differently. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. I think I'm still learning about these plants. They're, they're really kind of curious. Um, and, and your timing was you, you'd wait till that, that first initial flush kind of hardened off and, and yeah, the, the yeah, shoots after the shoots, that's right. After they, after they stop. So for me here in, in Oregon, we're, we're talking sort of, uh, mid, mid June ish, late June, something like that. 
um, and and then they um, then they reflush in the warmth. They seem to enjoy warmth. Um, you can repot an old established tree at the normal time, at at bud break or just just before bud break, and they seem to do fine. Um, on the other hand, if you do aggressive root work on a younger plant in the uh, in the early spring when it's still kind of cold out, they don't like it. And and you can be really encouraged to do work like that then because these are some of the first plants to grow out. They're really funny. They're they're incredibly cold hardy. They're about as cold hardy as 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 any deciduous tree you're ever going to find, like ume or you know Japanese maple. I mean, it's very very cold hardy. But it's the first thing that grows in the spring. So, so it'll lose that antifreeze and then it's susceptible. So it can be really, really tricky. Yeah. Um, I, I remember during yeah. the apprenticeship, a lot of shuffling of, of chochoba, you know, in and out of the greenhouse yeah, yeah. in the spring. Uh, yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And now we built a whole new greenhouse just for uh, all these just for crazy, the crazy little chochoba. Yeah. Well, they're, they're very randy little plants. I mean, you could, you could create a Monty Python skit uh, over chochabai, you know, that uh, you what, what, turn why? your back and they're propagating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why do we like them so much? I mean, I mean, oh, you well, and I have talked about this, but yeah, the flowers, the flowers right? Crazy. They're, I mean, they flower three times a year, maybe, you know, if it's a happy plant. They, uh, the, the, the typical period is in the spring uh, before or late winter, really around the time of Ume flowers, uh, which is before the leaves come out. And then, um, and then, and then you, uh, and then you get these, uh, these flowers, flowers fade, and then the leaves start coming out. And that's the typical time, but then you're going to find flowering in the, in the summertime, sometimes in the fall. I mean, they're kind of all over the place. Um, they're, that, that makes them remontant, right? They're, they don't just all flower at correct. once. They kind of sequentially flower and flower multiple times a year. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. And if, as I understand, remontant means uh, flowering multiple times in one season. So in spring, it, it, it's kind of a perpetual bloomer. So it'll have more buds forming as some flowers are, are getting senile and, and uh, forming fruit. So it's not um, like the cherry tree, which is all exactly just push out at once, all at once and, like an apple then... all at once. And then it's done. Um, these will kind of keep going. Um, there, there is some, th one thing that we've noticed, you know, when you have you know, 150, 200 chochabai, you, you start to see some patterns. <laughs> and one thing we've noticed is that the, um, uh, those that flower a lot in the springtime seem to um, diminish uh, shoot growth. They, they delay it, uh, leaf growth and, and shoot growth. Um, so, so that's something, and we have so many back there that we can't pull off all the flowers that we might want to. <laughs> <laughs> the main thing to worry about is the fruit because that that'll take uh, that'll take energy. It's it's um, uh, taking a lot of lot of lot of sugars to to create them. Um, so those you want to get off. But um, the uh, boy other other care tips. They 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 love water. They're they're some of the hungriest plants uh, that you can grow. Uh, kind of like Japanese black pine, you want to grow um, or, or for, start fertilizing pretty early in the year at a, at a reasonably strong um, way um, that supports yeah, the flower and the shoots. They're, they're hungry plants, right? Very. They need, yeah. they need a lot of fertilizer. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, another, another tip is, um, is that 
this is a basically dom dominant planet. So it's the opposite of a tree. The tree has a crown that's going to um, take over whenever it can, right? It's going <laughs> to keep growing stronger up on top and it's going to kill off all its lower branches. And, and any shrub, and Chochaba is a great example of this tendency, uh, is to kill off the old parts of the tree and to grow young stuff from the base. So to grow a shrub well, uh, Satsuki azalea is another good example, is essentially by with bonsai technique to trick it into thinking it's a tree. Um, and vice versa, <laughs> with a tree, we're trying to trick it into growing more like a shrub uh, to create some sort of balance so that we don't lose lower branches on uh, the trees that we grow as bonsai and not to lose the older parts of the um, or, or the crowns of, of shrubs. So what that looks like is taking a scissors and whenever taking, it grows a yep. basal shoot that's, that's not right. part of the older plant, then we we cut that back right at the base. Whenever we see it, right? Not exactly not time of year. Yeah, and and as long as you have um, the structure of your tree, you, in the early phases you might leave one or two if you want a younger, thinner trunk. Um, yeah, but you you'll notice that that happens a lot if you have a young chochubai. That will happen a lot for a decade or two decades, and then you don't see so much. Once you have your your, your major trunks up in the air and lots of shoots up there, they don't produce an awful lot from the base. Um, so they begin to kind of get the hint. Um, hey, we're a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing that you might be encouraged to do. Um, with a chochabai is seeing a, a thin trunk because they never really trunk up much. Uh, mostly you're, you're doing kind of a, a dance with a whole bunch of different little trunks. So it's a clump or a force or something of that nature. Um, and you might be encouraged to put them in this shallow little pot, right? We, we like to try to marry, right? The, 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 the uh, diameter of the trunk with the, the height of the pot. And of course that, that we can vary a lot, but with chochabai, we definitely want to vary that because It'll, it'll be in too thin a pot. And, and one thing I see is, is, is people trying to put chochabai in pots that are far too uh, shallow. Um, and, and this, again, goes along with, uh, with any, uh, any, any shrub, really, is, is a, a deeper pot. They, they don't like their, their feet sitting in water. So you want a lot of drainage. Sometimes a third of the height of the pot, uh, what we put in there is just this really big pumice. And then... And then uh, uh, we use the volcanic um, um, uh, soil, so akadama pumice, one to one, or you can add even a little bit more um, akadama if you're feeling rich. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they like water. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a little uh, counterintuitive, right? Because we think uh, yeah. shallow pot less right. moist root system, deeper pot, right. more moist, but really right. the deeper pot is going to, you know, gravity is going to pull that water out of the pot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so they end up being kind of more moderate. Um, there's, there's a, and a little drier, <laughs> strangely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, what, what makes a touch by different than just, you know, other than the small leaves and small flowers, you know, what makes it different than just your regular Japanese quince? What, why, why chochabai? Well, the inner node for one thing is really short. Um, uh, so the growth habit of tree actually looks significantly different um, than a, a, a normal Japanese quince, which is a fairly coarse plant. You see it now and then, and, and they will trunk up a little bit. Some of the bases of them are really pretty, pretty powerful. Um, but the look of the plant is different. Um, 
uh and the bark's much different too right oh very yeah yeah and it that does take a while to to come up 15 years or more before you get bark so be patient (laughs) with your plants uh but uh the internode is so short and the curious thing about chochaba is that they they grow buds and like uh, how do i put this like three dimensions so rather than uh something like a chinese elm which uh grows out its uh, leaves and future <laughs> um, shoots uh, kind of like a, a skeleton of a, of a fish. Um, <laughs> uh, so kind of just like left, right, left, right, left, exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a maple where you get in one uh, dimension uh, X, Y, <laughs> and, and then, and then the next set come out at a 90 degree turn. And then the next set comes out like the first set. Chachabai, grow in this kind of spiral it's not really a spiral but it's very uh uh it's very eclectic and so you can because the internodes are so short you can choose the direction the next shoot grows with far greater accuracy than almost any other plant and there's kind of an eclectic way that the shoot grows so you end up with this really quirky kind of branch habit um, which is fun on this, on a small scale that most chochabai are from, from Shoheen to some of them are large, but we don't see many of those in this country. <laughs> we're, we're trying to create a few at, uh, in our backyard, <laughs> but they take a little while <laughs> for the most part, they're small. And at that scale, you get to, to see these, uh, these, uh, jagged, uh, movements of the branches. So that's one of the things that's different. Definitely. And, and because of that, we can use a lot less wires and a lot more scissor work to, to create the movements, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can use uh, scissors more than um, than wire in, in your really early early days uh, of creating a tree um, f- uh, from a young chochabai. You can do a bit of wiring, but one of the things to to definitely be leery of is is putting S curves in them or too too simple a, a form because the complexity of chochabai is is really one of the great features. Um, so, so keep, uh, keep your, um, if you do any wiring, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is don't wire long pieces, but, but wire short pieces, which you cut and then let it grow out again. You do a combination of wiring and cutting. That's another, another concept rather than just all cutting or just all wiring, do a bit of both. If you do a bit of both, you're going to get the characteristic of, of, of the sort of the true chochabai flavor. Uh, but if you do only cutting, you, you're going to develop your tree at about half the speed. Which might give you more organic look, but it's going to take a hell of a lot longer. A hell of a lot. Yeah. So maybe mixing them up is a, is a, is a nice, uh, nice happy medium. (laughs) Yeah. And when you, when to clarify we're when we wire, you know, let's say we get an eight or 10 inch shoot, we're only really interested in wiring the first two or three inches. Right. And then the the rest of the shoot, we either leave to thicken that, that thing up or we just cut it off and regrow it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you'll probably find they'll grow maybe twice a year, something like that. Um, and uh, so you can cut them back at least twice a year. Here we would, we'll, we'll trim them once in, in June when they, when they harden off and then they'll grow again or partly. You might get a half, you know, half of the shoots growing um, and cut them again in, in early fall. Um, one thing, though, speaking of, of growing is that you, you'll find that, that they're not as 
interested in growing <laughs> in in sort of subtropical areas uh, or tropical areas. They just don't seem to like that very much. One one way to think of this is if you can grow an apple where you live, you can probably grow a chochabai. Um, so cooler regions, um, regions that that have a uh, either or, <laughs> um, uh, or uh, in in addition to a, a, a winter. Um, that where, where you're down in the 30s or something like that, but or, or possibly another storyline that you might want to investigate is, is a, a drop uh, in um, daytime temperatures. Um, but they, they probably won't do well in LA or Florida or Taiwan, uh, areas like that. Um, some of the lower elevations in Taiwan, I know some they have some mountains there. Uh, but in any event, um, um, some, some amount of, uh, of drop uh, in, in temperature. Uh, yeah. So, the, so they want a hot summer and a cold winter kind of, is that what you're saying? They, they like some warmth. They, they do. Yeah. But going along with that, about a, about a 50% shade cloth is a good idea or some sort of dappled shade in the, in the summer. They like the warmth, but uh, too intense sun can, uh, can fry them up a, a, a fair bit. One thing to um, keep in mind um, is not to panic in the middle of the summer when suddenly your, your plant loses half its leaves. Um, I get a lot of panicked emails from, from folks who, are, who think they've just killed their tree. Um, and in fact, they, they have this weird habit. I mean, you don't see maples doing this. You don't see you know, other things uh, dropping half their leaves. Um, <laughs> and, and what time of year? This is July, usually, August? Usually August, okay. uh, somewhere around there. You, you might hit it earlier if if you're in a really hot area, if you have a hot summer, um, and it, it's just a quirk, um, you haven't done anything wrong, but be, be careful that you're not overwatering your plant then. Um, because that, that can, uh, that they, they, they don't, while they like water, they also don't like being soggy. <laughs> so, sure. so that's where the deeper pot comes into, in, into play. Um, so that's like a pre-fall, <laughs> and then yeah. and then later they're they're fully deciduous. Then uh, once once fall comes along, and they're they're kind of strange. They don't really get fall <laughs> color. The leaves just kind of yeah, they might be yellowish, yellowish, and, yellowish yeah. for a week, and then they just kind of fall right. off. Right, right, which brings up uh, the yellow edging, um, uh, which is a uh, a virus. It's uh, called a mosaic uh, virus, and this is not something to worry about. Almost every chochabai has one. Uh, uh, has this uh, this disease, um, and it, it kind of looks like variegation on the leaf, right? It kind of does. It's, it's either it's, on the edges or sometimes it's down the middle of the leaf. Um, it's yeah, variegation is a good way to put it. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like a disease or, or yeah, yeah. It looks like it's oh, it's doing something pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, a, a stressed plant is going to have more of it. A plant that um, that doesn't have as enough fertilizer it seems seems to have a little more trouble with it um uh but uh but most church by have it so anyway one one thing not to worry about um they do uh seem to attract aphids <laughs> so be a little cautious to that um and uh and then also um they can um uh, uh, they're kind of like uh, candy for for root nematodes. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the nematodes. Yeah, they can they can nibble away at your roots until you have very little left. Um, so controlling them is, um, I mean, there are 
yeah, predatory nematodes. You could you look into that. That's a bit expensive. Uh, you could also uh, um, decompose them <laughs> in uh, like a, a light xeritol solution. Um, I possibly hydrogen peroxide could do it. I've never used that, but you might try bubbling it. Um, I found that if, if you kill them that way, once they never come back. Um, but what the problem with nematodes is not only will they eat your root system away, um, is that they, they provide, uh, sites, um, where a bacteria crown gall can get a foothold. And then you have, um, then you have these little galls in your, your root system and it's almost impossible to completely get rid of it, but you can cut some of them away. And if you're controlling the nematode, you can get the plant back to, to complete health, I've found. Um, so it's not the end of the world. That's another thing that many by have. Um, so something to keep an eye out for. And, and so if we're repotting, we're seeing galls, we have strange things right. happening on the plant that, that might be a sign that we have nematodes and we, we need that's to treat right. with xerotol or something like that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a soak. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and zero tolls, it's it's like like you said, hydrogen peroxide. It's like an oxygenator, so it's just right. gonna yeah. sizzle, <laughs> sizzle them all away. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, all your worms come crawling out. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's like a, a strong version of hydrogen peroxide. So you you dilute it uh, to about two ounces per gallon or something like that. That's a strong. Wear gloves if you're gonna use this stuff. Um, and is this still something um, that you're doing every every time you repot prophylactically, or have you started to back away I, from that? I, I do. Uh, I have done that for almost ten years now, um, and I think that um, well, maybe not quite that long. We we've been able to keep ahead of most problems, uh, but I should probably do a, a test uh, to see if uh, if we really really need to keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah, part um, of the problem with, with yeah. what we were doing at your place is, you know, they're all in a greenhouse all next to each other. And so right. if there's nematodes in one pot, they're going to make their way into another pot and another pot. Especially so if they're on the ground, if they spend any time on the ground, that can happen on a bench, maybe less so. But yeah, it, uh, in the back greenhouse, that's a problem with any monoculture. <laughs> you, have one, sure. you have a problem on one plant, pretty soon it's everywhere. Um, there's a couple diseases to keep an eye on. If you have fire blight in your area, that might be an issue. Um, botrytis is another one. Botrytis is just sort of this, you know, leaf fungus, which isn't, it's, it's not normally much of a problem, really. Um, actually, have I said that? Is that a bacteria? I can't, I can't recall off, off the top of my head. Anyway, it, it's fairly easy to control. Um, and churchipi is one of the few plants where you can actually lose a branch if you have botrytis. So there's a, there's one to keep an eye on. Um, and we've been able to control it fairly easily with even xeritol actually, which is a fairly benign product. Um, um, better than many of the fungicides that you can spray around. A lot of those are pretty scary folks. <laughs> if you yeah. use fungicides, be sure you read your labels carefully. They're really pretty naughty <laughs> to, yeah. uh, you know, aquatic animals and things of that nature. So be, be a little cautious with them. Um, in fact, some of the fungicides are, are frankly a heck of a lot more frightening than, than, than some of the, uh, the pesticides. <laughs> I mean, for so many years, you know, after DDT, everybody was concerned about pesticides and nobody was paying any attention about <laughs> much right, right. Right. So anyway, uh, use as few chemicals as you can get away with everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, 
um let's see what haven't we talked about <laughs> i think we've, why don't we see more chochabai i mean they're they're so easy to propagate you can basically just throw a cutting on the ground and it's gonna have roots Absolutely. And, and grow it, it kind of reminds yeah. me i was listening to a, a podcast yeah. this morning a, a, a neil degrasse tyson star talk is my favorite podcast and, and this morning he was talking mm. about the, the fermi paradox have you heard of the fermi paradox oh no uh, tell us uh fermi f-e-r-m-i he was an italian-american uh astrophysicist and he basically theorized you know if if life becomes intelligent and uh we start traveling to other planets and we learn how to terraform which is all kind of in the conversation for the next <laughs> next few hundred years um you know our, our our star our solar system is relatively late in in the galaxy where you know mm. lots of stars have been formed before us and so if there's other intelligent life out there with the billions of stars and billions of exoplanets that have the potential for life um why have why haven't they traveled you know all throughout the galaxy why why don't we see signs of them uh and the fermi paradox is you know he basically said either intelligent life just always self-destructs which is the kind of <laughs> the pessimistic one or or the optimistic one is we just can't figure out the energy to to, to travel vast amounts of space but it, it just kind of reminds me you know the chochabai paradox why don't we if these are so easy to to, to propagate and grow you know why why aren't they on all of the bonsai benches because they're beautiful right. plants we get this this nice flower with this this old bark which is such a nice contrast <laughs> Yeah, and all plant life, you know, ultimately ends in Chochabai, so they should be on other planets. As well. Right, right, right. So, so where, where <laughs> but, are but they? That's Why a good question. Where are they? If they're so easy to propagate. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You can get almost 100% propagation. Um, uh, a little bit of uh, bottom heat. Uh, John has been growing in them at all times of the year, and they, they will root at all times of the year. Yeah. As, as our friend Gary Wood says, they're, they're paid to root. Um, yep. <laughs> um, February seems to be uh, John's favorite though, uh, as mm -hmm. time, time to root them a uh, little bit of mist, a little bit of bottom heat, perhaps, uh, maybe you don't need the mist at certain times of the year. Oh, that was a peacock. Did you hear that? No, I have a feral band of peacocks around here. There's 10. <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's a crazy thing to watch. They, um, when I first got here, there was about five. And now a few years later, there's 10. I think the predators in the air, even the coyotes have no idea what to do with this bird. It's just too fierce. <laughs> Very out of place. <laughs> yeah, it truly is. Yeah. Yeah. In any event, um, I yeah, think why, we're going to more where... and more, but I, uh -huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good question. Good question. Um, maybe if somebody gets a young Trochabai, they're, they're happy to have one. And, yeah. In Japan, they're relatively yeah. common, right? You you see them, especially in the Shohin trade, you see them in, in almost every Shohin display. They're... They are now, yeah. I think what we're going to see is like an exponential curve kind of thing because they, they seem to be getting very popular here in the States and everybody seems to want one and, and uh, that that's just going to be building. But it, it wasn't a traditional bonsai plant in Japan that you, you first started to see them in, the, I think it was the 1920s. Um, and they were these little sticks and pots, even, even, even going back to like the, the sixties or so, you could look at the, um, uh, the Kokofu books and, and they were just little, um, they were little nothings, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 They were kind of accent. Plants, an accent. Right? Exactly. Yeah. A little <laughs> yeah. twig that might've yeah. been flowering. Um, and, <clears throat> and obviously people were propagating them. So now they're everywhere, uh, in Japan. I think we're going to see the same thing. We're just going to see more and more of them. Yeah, it's, it was one of the plants um, that I did fall in love with in Japan. 
uh, and uh, one of the plants that I think is, is definitely worth growing uh, from Japan. It's, you know, it's harder to, 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 to get, uh, you know, something like a Japanese white pine, even if you, you love those uh, plants, you, you have to, you know, pay somebody an awful lot of money or create a time travel machine or something in order to get some, <laughs> some really, really nice Japanese white pine if you're not going to import. Um, whereas Chochibai, I think we're going to be able to see, you know, really pleasing results. And in, in just a few years, I, I, I've been surprised at the structure we've managed to create in less than 10 years in, uh, in our backyard, uh, just from cuttings. Um, it takes a, a, a tending to the plant about twice a year. Um, don't grow them in the ground. Doesn't make any sense to do that. They won't use the, the larger territory. Uh, what, what do you grow them in? Do you yeah. grow them in bonsai pots? I mean, I, I know this because I've, <laughs> but, but I mean, for, for everybody, you know, what, how do we, you know, yeah, you can grow small plants in two gallon nursery pots. That's a good one. Uh, really small. If you do a little pop bonsai or even, uh, you know, sort of mame or something like that, you can use a one gallon, um, uh, all the way up to sometimes Anderson flats. We're, we're trying to create these, you know, 25, 30 inch plants that, that you see in Japan. You just don't see here. So I'm trying to create a number of those. 25, 30 uh, inch wide, right? Wide. Cor yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, even though Chochibai is kind of a minimal, kind of a, and kind of an accent to, you know, a big conifer maybe in a display, even if it's not in the display with that conifer, if it's the next display over, it's, it's a nice, you know, relief before you get to the next, you know, mm -hmm. big deciduous tree or conifer or something like that. Um, but when you see them at that scale, at, and I have, I've seen a couple of these trees that are three feet wide, it, it, it hits you in the gut. They're really pretty impressive. Um, but they're, they're hard, hard to get there. Yeah, <laughs> Take a little yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. And those big impressive ones, they've even won Kokufu uh, prizes. And, and they do, they do. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago that they started to, to win prizes. Um, and, uh, and of course there are now those in Japan who are just kind of saying, oh, it's a fad, you know, gosh, everybody has one. I'm like, show me something else. <laughs> yeah. And here we Meanwhile, are. Meanwhile, the States were just here, uh, the States, bro, Nobody can find them. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it should be, yeah. should be changing soon. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I, we, we at your place, we primarily just grew the red ones, but I, I've really grown to like mm. the white ones. They've, they, um, they're subtle for, for me. Yeah. And they, they have mm. such a strength over the red ones. You, you, you get, mm. it seems like, you, I mean, they're a little coarser, but with that coarseness, you get a, you know, much longer shoot in the growing season, it seems. Right. Uh, and you get yeah. a plant that's a little bit more stable. So if you're in a, a maybe hmm. challenging place to grow chochabai like texas or the bay area or something um the white ones on the bench usually seem to be fine when i go visit friends down there and, and clients but the red ones are always the ones that are struggling that's an interesting point yeah yeah they definitely are stronger that's for sure um yeah it, yeah but I, i've really enjoyed the white ones the problem is with the white ones we just don't tend to see the nice uh, fissured bark that we see with the red Right. Um, right. Which is going to crack and fall off anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Shotrabai will make you fall in love with them and then, and then they will irritate the heck out of you. It, it, it just, the, uh, the, um, it kind of peels off like, um, uh, uh, something like a, a lizard or something shedding its skin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
once you once you've got it <laughs> once you got it perfect. right exactly take photos yeah. <laughs> yeah speaking of bark with some of the different genetics that we play around within the red chip chip by there's there's different barks right we have ones that are kind of a more fissured bark we have ones That's that true. are kind of a corkish corticosa kind of bark there's a really um, quirky there's one or two strains that are really quite corticosa yeah um and the leaves look different. The leaves are more lancelet. Um, and the one that seems the most common in Japan that um, we're, we're just uh, coming to uh, some um, fruition in my background in terms of creating plants that actually look like bonsai <laughs> out, out of cuttings that I created 10 years ago. Um, I, I would say that's the Hagenorn genetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not this the is, one this that is we number two, with, right? Because the one I started with, I think, we traced it back to a number of things for one. Uh, let's see. It was, um, this is, uh, this is evergreen genetic. garden works. I think that's uh -huh. where Telperian farms was getting theirs and that's where we uh -huh. were getting them. And, and then, and Spencer got hers, I believe all the way down from Roy Nagatoshi. Um, uh -huh. I think all and that this is, is the one the that we call genetic. number. And, and we call that That's, number one in your this garden, number right? one because it was the first yeah. one in the garden, right? And then number two, the cutting off one <laughs> of the number two, yeah, that's right. That plants. one, that one has a lot, uh, a, a lot uh, greater bark development. The leaf is is got more substance. It's thicker. It's a stronger plant. It's a little coarser, um, but it blooms like crazy. Um, and then the corticosa is, is another one. So there's three main main types in the in the. Uh, uh, in in the red chochabai group, uh, so the barky barky one that that uh, I haven't seen it flower quite so much, um, but then if you like bark, it's a it's a pretty crazy plant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people uh, we haven't really talked about um, you know multiple trunk versus single trunk, um, and uh, and and there are many people who really want the the single trunk, and and you can do it. Um, it'll. Uh, It'll take a long time though <laughs> uh, to uh, to to develop any kind of kind of growth. So be patient um, and uh, and realize that the plant really does want to grow from the base. Uh, so the natural form of the chochabai, if you're interested in naturalness and sort of um, uh, applying what we do to what the plant normally would do, is going to be a multiple trunk plant. Um, so and, and their their form is kind of wider than they are tall and typically how yeah we yeah that's style. right yeah they usually don't like growing much above a foot i think they begin to lose a little energy above that uh, uh so uh yeah yeah keeping in them you know 10 inches 12 inches and then wide uh yeah yeah um and keep an eye on your young shoots because <laughs> yeah. they can they can uh take over what one trick if you have an older one is to leave your 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 extensions on the old parts of the tree maybe the tallest part uh, the part that has bark on it the thickest trunks leave those extensions until fall and then all the other shoots on the younger parts the thinner trunks excuse me uh cut those in june uh that way you kind of dampen the energy of of the younger parts that are going to want to take over <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Chachabai with, you know, like ginned trunks doesn't, yeah, that's doesn't not a thing. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> they are thorny though. Let's talk about the thorns for, for. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they are. Yeah. So that happens at the end of the shoot. Um, so the shoot, you can divide a shoot into like two parts that the end of the shoot, 
the last half of it is going to have thorns on it. And the part that's closest to where the shoot began isn't. So when you do your, your seasonal trim, where you're cutting off a quarter inch, which is half a centimeter or something like that, um, there are no thorns in there at all. So after, after doing the initial muck up of your, of, of your design, where you might do some wiring and you might leave an inch or two, um, after that, your maintenance is just with scissors and you're cutting off all the, the thorns when you cut off the shoot. So, so, so you don't have to go through your tree and cut off the thorns if you don't like them because they're scratchy. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll take off. So it's not really a, it's not a bad, a thorn as like a rose, um, <laughs> which is quite a hooked thing. The, the, uh, church of thorn is very straight. Um, um. But if, if you're trying to wire a tree with a lot of thorns on it, you can look like you when we covered uh, maybe color or yeah, pot. Yeah, uh, we haven't we haven't talked about I pot haven't, color. We haven't talked about pots. Yeah. Um, so I'm a I'm I'm really a fan of uh, kind of unusual color combinations. Um, uh, we we were just talking about this in one of my seasonal light classes. So if you if you if you think of a, a color wheel. And let's just use the Christmas colors just for simplicity. That's a color complement. Red complements green and vice versa. Uh, so it's directly opposite the, um, if you draw a little arrow uh, from one color to another, that's your complement. I find color complements are jazzy, but they're also neutralizing. Um, I just, just to me, this is the way I see things. And I, I want to know how you see things. I'm really curious how, uh, yeah. not just you, Andrew, but, but, but everybody, you know, that's yeah, yeah. you know, that's where pot choice is very personal. You know, I want to see how other people see, but what I think is interesting to play with is uh, a color, a, a pot choice color that is kind of adjacent rather than complementary, um, and also changing the value of the color. So value is, is light to dark. It's, it's your grayscale, white, white to black. Um, and if you are to, for instance, you take a chochibai red, which is a medium bright red, and you, let's say we're going to put it in uh, like a blue pot or something like that, which isn't really a color complement. It's sort of to the side a little bit. And then we take the value down so that it is a really dark. So it doesn't have the same value. It's not a, a medium blue, like the, 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 the red flower is a medium red. It's a dark blue. It's going to make that flower pop. Hmm. Another concept is, is to go nowhere near <laughs> this, the, the color uh, complement and do something like a shirokochi, which is a kind of cream. And, and if, you have some, if you have an older pot and you have some of that, that patina on it, it's going to look kind of an olive drab gray with this with the undercolor of cream sort of white really and um that also can make the flower pop it doesn't it doesn't make sense you know you almost have to see it <laughs> um, but play around with your colors do, do some unusual um things you could take flowers you take a little group of flowers um and and put them next to a pot uh, that you haven't potted the tree up in and see what it looks, stand back and see what it looks like. And then try another pot, put another pot next to those little flowers and, and see what they look yeah. like. Um, yeah. I, I found this year, I, I've repotted maybe 150 trees and I found that um, these like super intense decisions with, with pots, it's, it's like, it's kind of important if you have like one example of that species, if you have one chochabai, 
right. than than getting you know that perfect color right. But if you have fifty chochabai, then it's like, well, I don't want to put them all in navy pots or or shirakochi. You know, I want right. to you know right, right. <laughs> I want right. to play with different shapes and colors and styles. Right. So it's it's, right. it's it's fun to play around once you have a, a plethora of of that, that yes. plant. Yeah, yeah. I think I think chochabai is one of those plants that having more than one is is a good thing um <laughs> yeah. and you don't really see them in unglazed pots either i mean like the ume in japan which has really crazy that's bark. a good point you, yeah. you can put that in an unglazed but you, you never really that's see that's a good a, point a chochabai in an unglazed pot not much yeah we have a few in the yard that are in unglazed i kind of like it um it uh, some some shrubs go that way you know you can do that with azalea uh for instance and it kind of it, it's such a subdued um, thing in the background that it that it seems to make the, the flowers show off a little bit more. Yeah, and yeah. we tend to style those like pines anyway. So putting them in a pine pot kind of <laughs> right makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's on the far end of uh, just free invention. We'll create yeah. a shrub that looks like a pine tree. Yeah. But with chochabai, we actually make shrubs that look like shrubs most of the time. You know, that's true. Yeah. We're, we tend to tend to be a little bit more honorific of how the plant usually grows with chochabai. You do see occasionally see a cascade. I don't mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with trying that. I, I just wouldn't make all your chochabai cascades. <laughs> yeah. If, if the tree is suggesting that you might try it. Um, yeah. uh, same with a single trunk. I think some single trunk Chochabai can be really neat. We have a couple in the yard that are that are a lot of fun, um, but uh, yeah, ninety five percent of the chochabai we create are multiple trunk plants. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They're they're a fun plant. I, I I wish we would see more. I think I think like you said, it's yeah. I think it's coming. But if if you get a chochabai, you can you can easily create one. Just take some cuttings, tip cuttings, root cuttings. You know they're they're going to root pretty much no matter what. Yeah, so, yeah. Keep 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 a rooted cutting. Give one to a friend. That kind of a thing. Then we're going to yeah. see some uh, building of of the uh, the plant in the community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, anything, anything else? I think that's Did it. You know, cover most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we got yeah. it. Yeah. I'm I'm sure. And if you have any church by questions, send us an email. We could we could oh, yeah, circle yeah. back circle back to it. But oh yeah, yeah. John will answer your questions. Or is it Jonas yeah. now? I think Jonas is doing a lot of the emailing. Yeah, or we could <laughs> do a part, part two podcast. <laughs> part two podcast. Oh, to answer questions. Oh, that's a neat yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, yeah. church by fun plants. They're really fun. A little wonky, fun. but it's yeah. nice to have some wonky in the garden. Yes. Yes. Very good. Great. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Next time. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers. The music on today's podcast was brought to you by the fine folks at Blue Dot Sessions. Check them out at www.sessions.blue.